Hi, I'm Bill Arnold. Thank you for listening to this podcast. There are many more podcasts available at MyFaithRadio.com. Your support makes this possible. Thank you. And a warm welcome to the afternoon show. I'm Bill Arnold. I'm in Psalm chapter 34 right now. Verse 8 says, Taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the one who takes refuge in him. I've been thinking about that all day, how good the Lord is. And he is always good all the time. He's never not going to be good to you. Think of that day he hung on the cross for your sins. There's never a day that he's going to be less good than that to you. So, to get my day started, I've got my friend and confidant uh, from the great state of Iowa, Patrick Albanese, followed uh, by a lots more exciting show I've got lined up for you. The Monday afternoon mix is going to be after that, and then we've got an exciting second hour as well. Dr. Mark Muska, Ask the Professor. So, if you've got questions and you're formulating them right now, get them ready, and you can text them over anytime you like. The number is 877 84. So eight, then a pair of sevens, then nine, and a pair of threes, two, four, eight, four. I don't know if that helps. Patrick, would that help? What little device? That did not help at all. <laughs> I just, I, I, were they all prime numbers? I don't, uh, I don't so. know. But, you know, sometimes if you get a little picture in your head, eight, and then a pair of sevens, yeah. nine, then a pair of threes, two, four, eight, four. You, you might remember that, or you might not. Well, see. Now, I would dismiss the 877 portion of it. We could ask the professor when he gets here, but I'd say, you know, you know, it's one of those 800 type numbers. So there's only a couple of those, right? There's 800, there's 877, and I, so it's just, just remember it's one of those things. It's yeah. Like that. Yeah. And then, then make the rest of it into a word, which I think is grizzle gump. <laughs> I think if you just dial up that. <laughs> now, you probably didn't actually spell out the number, did you, with, with a word? You're just making uh, that did. up. I made that up. Okay. I didn't have time. So I, made I up wished you would have taken the time to made up a real word. So that's your can, assignment for next week. I can have that ready for next week. Oh, yeah. Or you could ask the professor again. He might, you know, I have, I forgot my wife used to teach at the collegiate level and sometimes I'd go visit her classes. And then when they would say, you know, a professor, Albany said, say, who are they talking to? <laughs> <laughs> I would look at her and says, okay, you're a professor. Yeah. She goes, well, here I am a professor mm. at home. Not so much. <laughs> right. Let's get down to the business at hand. Today's the first day of spring. And for a couple of guys that live in the Midwest, this is awfully good news. It is. Yes. Well, it, uh, let's see in a few. Well, I think it's uh, in 21 minutes, tw- uh, four 21 central four twenty four, I believe central time is when it is officially I guess that means the sun is at the that perfect spot where uh, it's directly over the equator and everywhere. This is something I did not know till I looked it up. Uh, this is the kind of stuff that happens when you do research. <laughs> yes. mm-hmm. uh, that uh, no matter where you are on planet Earth, there are 12 hours of daylight today. No matter where you are. No matter where you are, that's that that equinox thing that happens. The spring equinox means the sun's rays will directly hit the equator, which gives equal amounts of daylight in the northern and southern hemisphere. Hmm. It's 
perfectly placed. And so, and then it starts to, since our planet does that wobble thing, <laughs> which, you know, after going to the gym, I'm very familiar with the wobbling. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. Then, uh, then the days start getting shorter in some places and longer in others by uh, a minute. But today, 12 hours of daylight everywhere. Huh. Hey, how close have you been to the equator? Have you ever been to Ecuador? I guess that's pretty no. close to the equator. Uh, I, I, th- I think... Uh, what's the closest I would have been? Would it be Wisconsin Dells? Tulsa. Tulsa. Okay. Tulsa. Oh yeah, I have been to the Wisconsin. Dells. I know you have. I know that's why I brought it up. All right, yeah, let's yeah, let's just I went, talk. I went there as a as a kid, by the way, and I we saw a show with Mr. Sound Effects. Mr. Sound Effects made sound effects with his mouth, and it was amazing. I'm a kid, and I bought his album. <laughs> uh, and I brought it home. I really did, <laughs> and I put it on the record player, and I said. Well, I have no idea if he's really actually making the sound effects with his mouth on this record because I can't see anything. But at that but point, he's doing he things on yeah. At that point, he had your four dollars, so it did, did, didn't matter. He did have my four dollars. Yeah, but it was uh, an extended play, and the flip side, I think, had a couple of Beatles tunes because he nice. didn't have that many sound effects. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> sound effects. I didn't know you were interested in making sound effects. I'm learning something well, yeah, about my friend all the time. I think when you're eight years old and you see some guy getting up on stage with a microphone and he sounds like a helicopter, you say, that is something I would like to add <laughs> to my skill set. I get it. I get it. Yeah. It feels to <laughs> an eight or nine-year-old kid, doesn't it? Look at that. He sounds just like a siren. That's amazing. Yeah. Were you ever able to master any of the sounds? Now, I don't want to put you on the spot, but can you, do you have anyone in your repertoire? Anything? The, the only thing I was ever able to do, and uh, let's just say that by the time I got to the Wisconsin Dells, I already had this ability, was to uh, imitate the sounds that Curly Howard made from the Three Stooges. <laughs> <laughs> that was about it. Yeah. And which uh, which yeah, noise in particular? Cause he, oh, that, that one. About it. Yeah, yeah. That is what, you know, back when we were kids, that is what every eight-year-old boy mastered. True. Was being able yeah, I'm sure you could do it, right? Oh, yeah. Of course we could. And Curly did that out of desperation because he would sometimes forget lines and he wouldn't know what to say, so he'd get on the floor and do that rotation and make that sound. Well, that's... No, I love that story. I didn't know that... that I did not yeah. know that. Yeah, he was just buying time trying to figure out what his lines were. Well, you know, if you get hit in the head with a hammer and a saw as many times as he did, you'd forget some lines, too. I would think so. Were there any yeah. scripts that they rejected? Like, oh, no, no, no this no, is no, this I is too stupid even for us. I have a better question. Were there any scripts? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, we're filming today. What do you want to do? I, okay, well, there's the bow saw. Get that out. <laughs> yeah. There's a big mallet. Get that out. All right. Yeah. Let's get back to weather because it is the first day of spring. <laughs> and I, spring. I find this fascinating, uh, the 12 hours of, of, of daylight anywhere you are in the world. That's interesting. But also... Today, we're all equal today. We're yes. all equal. That is very, very interesting. So back in 1975, C.C. Wallen of the World Meteorological Organization warned the cooling since 1940 has been large enough and consistent enough that it will not be reversed. That was 1975. That was 1975, yep. That was cooling. That's cooling, yep. He may want to revisit that. That prognosis, that mm. prediction. Mm-hmm. So I remember those textbooks. I was in, you know, getting into high school then, grade school, and we had all the ones. There was an ice age coming. I remember. I remember that on Time cover of Time magazine. 
Ice Age yeah. is coming. Mm-hmm. Ice Age is coming, and uh, I remember an old film with Leonard Nimoy. Uh, and I mean, come on, if you can't trust Spock with your information, but he was predicting that uh, I believe it was maybe ten or it's always ten years. It always seems to be. <laughs> you know, nothing gets our attention unless they say, you know. Like if we, if we continue on our current path in about a hundred years, we're going to have a problem. People say, yeah, that really doesn't have me concerned. How about 50 years? Yeah, still not too worried. Mm-hmm. Uh, nah, no, no, 10. Oh boy. Got to do something now. <laughs> so I think they just stick with the 10. Yeah. 1976 scientific consensus, planet cooling, famines imminent. 2005 prediction, 50 million climate refugees by the year 2020. So that's not true. Wow. Swing and a miss. Yeah. They're consistently inconsistent. And that's okay. It is okay. It's the weather. It's it's the weather. Um, I think, uh, what was it? I was reading, they, uh, was it, they, they pronounce it the Thames, the Thames in Britain, is that it? The Thames. Thames. The Thames. I believe it's the Thames. I've got my, uh, yeah. my little pinky finger extended right now. That's great. As I if I was holding a cup of tea. A spot of tea. A spot yeah. of tea, yes. Um, but didn't, didn't they used to, I think they used to ice skate on that. Or I think that's where the first NHL Stanley Cup was held. <laughs> <laughs> Might mm-hmm. have been it. Yeah. yeah. But, but, lastly, uh, as we're talking about weather and bringing it to a rapid conclusion, there was <laughs> a very well-known American who, like many others, observed and was concerned about higher temperatures. He observed that ponds and rivers that formerly froze over during winter were not anymore. Snow used to come and last for two to three months. Now it lasts for two or three days, he wrote. Sounds familiar? Those are the words of Thomas Jefferson sometime around the year 1800. So he was way ahead of his time. Way ahead, yeah. Wow, Thomas Jefferson. Yes. And he also also did not fly commercial. He had a private jet. Of course he did, because the rules are not for, for the people that make the rules. They're for the people. They're for us. They're for, they're for us. Yeah. Wow. All right. We have well, many, many more important things to talk about. Um, but right now, I think we should go to break. And then when we come back, we'll talk about additional important things that we haven't brought up yet. But we're going to bring it up, because Patrick Albanese is my friend and colleague from the great state of Iowa, the prestigious town in West Des Moines. And I always say... A merry heart is like good medicine. And I'd like starting the week off on a little bit of a lighter note and uh, put a smile on your face, especially if you've had a tough weekend and you have a hard week ahead of you. So we'll be right back with Patrick in just a minute. We want to connect with you on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. We're creating encouraging posts every day to help you focus on the important things as you spend time on social media. From graphics that feature Bible verses and quotes from our hosts and show guests, to articles about topics you are interested in, to videos from our hosts. Search Faith Radio on social media sites to connect with us today. What would you do with a brain if you had one? Do? Why, if I had a brain, I could... I could while away the hours, confirming with the flowers, consulting with the rain. And my head, I'd be scratching while my thoughts were busy hatching if I only had a brain. Welcome to Monday. I love Mondays. 
Because I always get to talk to my friend Patrick to get things started. Just during the break, we were discussing rock, paper, scissors. Patrick, you had a very keen observation about that. I just don't understand the game. So you play it and you have to... So how does it go? Um, Paper... Paper covers rock. Paper covers rock. Rock crushes scissors. And scissors scissors cuts paper. Scissors cuts paper. But could not rock also crush scissors? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's good. I mean, it seems to me that if you... But then the paper can cover the rock... But the paper could also cover scissors. And the rock could smash through the paper. So there's really no winner. I just don't understand. It's like, why did they, I don't, you know, somebody came up with that game and uh, I, know I, we've I think got... we're back to the Three Stooges again. <laughs> I think we are too. All right. So interesting, there was a, a friend sent me an article that the lieutenant governor of Minnesota was talking about children. And she made this comment. When our children tell us who they are, it is our job as grown-ups to listen and to believe them. That's what it means to be a good parent. Oh, that's what it means to be a good parent. I don't think you, Patrick Albanese, would agree with that because you've got two kids. And if they came to you and said, Mom, Dad, I don't want to go to school anymore. I I know all I need to know. I'm going to become a TikTok star. Uh, Yes, I would say, don't be like your father. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Don't make the same mistakes I made. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, it's right. You go, I'd like to listen to that. I say, great. Um, you know, let's finish school first. No, and, the, and, and I know she was talking, you know, because we got a lot of this gender stuff going on. Yes, so we do. They were, they were passing, I think, a law that says, hey, you know, if any kid wants to do this and, and you don't even need to get the permission of your parents, come on up, we'll do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I just, I can't imagine, I mean, uh, you know, if a 13 or 14-year-old kid came up and said, you know, I think I'm old enough to start drinking or smoking or or doing anything, you'd say, well, no, you're not, your brain's not fully developed, you're... you know, these are uh, these are habits that could have dire consequences for mm-hmm. you. Uh, so, no, I'm I'm not listening to you. Yeah. I, I, I would think your job as a parent is to guide them. You know, uh, obviously we all grow up and we've all made mistakes in our life and we've all avoided some things. I know sometimes you and I talk about how you, you look back behind you and you see all the landmines that you could have stepped on in your life. Mm-hmm. Uh, say alcohol or drug addiction, yep. you know, and all of those start with just trying stuff sometimes. Um, you know, uh, my brother had his addiction problems and it, he, he would say, he goes, you know, if you, if you don't try something, you can't like it and you can't get hooked on it. Mm-hmm. He says, my, my problem was I tried it and that's where it begins. It all traces to that moment. And so, you know, hopefully as a parent, you would say, let me try to prevent my kids from making, you know, those choices. Mm-hmm. Let's try to steer them clear of those things. And if they came to me and said, I think I'm ready, I would respectfully say, go to your room. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. Which is a great place to be these days with computers and TVs. But <laughs> um, yeah, actually, these days, you wouldn't tell your kids to go to the room. You'd say, you know what you're going to do tonight? You're going to sit in the living room with your mother and father all night long. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. It seems there is so much attack against Christianity. They want to put their 
thumb right in the in the eye of Christianity and try to do as much damage as they can. And we have to stand up for the truth. It's it's a forever vigilant kind of thing. It is posture that you have to take mm-hmm. uh, because I, I I I mean I don't know these people, but I am I feel one hundred percent certain, as close as you can get to that, while allowing just a smidge room for error, that this person who said that doesn't really fully believe it. Uh, if this person has children and they came and said, "Here's what I think. Here's what I feel," and it was against what you know they thought and felt they would uh, have a, a a talking to with that child and mm-hmm. say no i'm not i do not believe you i'm not going to sit down and just believe you so when you know you, people say things like that i get a little bit confused i go like do you really believe that i you know i wonder I to, too I, I, yeah. or if it's just a statement you're making and yeah, of course it's I, it's relative to the transgender movement so you you can never have any kind of counter discussion. You just have to believe them if you're going to be the grown up in the room. It's crazy. I think it is crazy. I think that, you know, anything, especially, you know, something, because that's pretty extreme. You say, well, this, you don't just make this decision and then, you know, zip on ahead. You know, there's, there's a process and, uh, you know, I'm not inside anybody's head. I don't know what's going on inside anybody's head, but <laughs> I do know that snap decisions often end poorly. Uh, and as you know, one of my favorite sayings is shortcuts are very often dead ends. Yes. And, uh, if you're not feeling happy with yourself, there could be a lot of reasons, maybe not just one. And so let's explore them all. Mm -hmm. Uh, don't, don't we do our, our very best to protect children up until they reach 18? Yeah. Uh, we become their advocate in every way we can. I, I, I sure hope so. You know, I, I've been blessed so far. So my kids are 12 and 13. And as far as I'm aware, they haven't really presented a lot of difficulty for me. So I've either gotten extremely lucky, very fortunate. Uh, maybe I did some things correctly. You know, you always want to take the credit, right? You want to say, well, you don't. I'm a pretty good parent because, you know, no trips to the police. I mean, my son went with four, or there were four of them that went to the science center the other day. And I said, I just, just avoid the three P's, you know. I, I don't want to have, you know, uh, the people at the science center calling the police, the paramedics, or the parents. Just, <laughs> <laughs> just avoid the three P's. Just avoid the three P's, and uh, then you can have some fun. But, uh, yeah, that's always, that's kind of my thing. No police, no paramedics, no parents. We're probably good. You know, you're, well, think like that. But I've been, so I've been fortunate. But, of course, they can get deep into those teenage years and who knows you know i am sure there will be times where i'd say this is going to take lots of prayer and uh, probably some consulting with some other people how to deal with a tough situation Mm -hmm. i know there's always a lot of rebellion through stages of life and people always kids gravitate toward what is the ultimate rebellion yeah and you know, I know I've told this story before, but I was 13 when my father died. My brother Bob was 16. My sister Mary was 15. So the kids were either, you know, younger or older than that. And it was really interesting to see the effects of losing the father figure in the house on these different age ranges. Uh, so the ones in that 15, 16 range, well, they went crazy because they were at that point where kids are starting to rebel a little bit. But mm-hmm. 
my mom's dealing in her grief, trying to do the best that she can. And they went wild. And the younger kids had more of a, a sense of, uh, we've got to take care of mom. And uh, the last thing we want to do is add stress to her life. Mm-hmm. You say, well, it's just, I think it's where it happened in life. You know, that 15, 16, it, it just became aware to me growing up that that is a really good time to uh, have a father figure around for somebody like my brother, Bob. Yeah. Let's just say. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he needed it desperately. Yeah. Patrick, you have a great gift of of disarming gab. You can move into a situation, and I've seen you do this a hundred times, where you can be in an environment where you can start and create conversation that disarms everybody. So kudos for that. You really know how to do that well. And I've always encouraged um, I always encourage people to take a risk, have an opening word or two, uh, pay someone uh, a compliment or do something that would start a, a conversation. And didn't you just do that uh, like last week with some guy who you found out came from a family of 20? Yes. So uh, I, was, I was at another friend's, it turned out a mutual friend's birthday party. And uh, this particular man walks up to uh, a friend of mine and I, and we were both in Triple Espresso here, and we're used to it. They approach us, and they want to talk about Triple Espresso, and they want to talk about the actors, and what do you guys must have this cool life. And I guess the two of us are just, we're not tired of it, but we, we, we find that our lives are boring. And their lives are interesting, and nobody ever wants to talk about their life unless asked. So we said, well, we, now tell us about you a little bit. You know, I mean, you must have some unusual background. He said, well, I don't know. Uh, how about this? I'm one of 20 kids. <laughs> <laughs> and, and say how he framed it. That's even funnier to me. Yeah. He said, he goes, yeah, so I asked him, where, I said, where do you fall? And then he goes, he goes, I'm number 11. He goes, I'm the first child of the second 10. <laughs> <laughs> and 20 minutes he went talking about the adventures of growing up with 20 siblings, how, uh, you know, it's, I said, how did, did you ever go anywhere as a family? And he said, you know, we, grandma's was about it. Uh, took, I don't know. I think it took a couple of trips, but, uh, of course back then, you know, when I was a kid, we piled eight kids into a small vehicle because there were no rules. So. <laughs> yeah. You could put kids uh, in the back window. You could put kids in the back window, and there was often a a fight for it. And there was a way, if you had one of the station wagons with the reverse seats, that you could actually play hide-and-seek in the vehicle. There was just the one place to hide, but you could do it. Yeah. So it, it was just interesting because, well, we would have been deprived of this fascinating conversation yeah. with, so this, true. with this man. So true. 20 children, because he just wanted to talk about us. And we said, we're kind of interested. Tell us about you. Yeah. I don't know. This is weird. 20 kids? Yeah. I don't, don't know many. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great story. They, they couldn't go anywhere except maybe grandma's on occasion. Just grandma's on occasion. Yeah, that's funny. All right, Patrick, thanks for uh, starting my day off and our day off with a little bit of a lighter note. Always enjoy our talk and have a great rest of the day. Thanks, you too. And, and take full advantage of all 12 hours of daylight. All 12. All right. I'm getting so much done. So yeah, much. Sounds good. All right, Patrick, we'll take a break. When we come back, the Monday afternoon mix will resume. We'll be right back.
It is time for the Monday afternoon mix. Awfully glad to have Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. That's the team. That's the mix. And we're always open to mixing it up. That's why mix, we mix, mix it. Mix, 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 That's mix, why mix, we mix, mix it. Mix, mix. I'm happy to have you, Bill. Oh, isn't that yes. the right thing to say? Yes. <laughs> to the, definitely Rosie. the person sitting in the host chair. <laughs> right? <laughs> Smart. David's always been smart. Is, we know that. He is a step ahead, I yeah. gotta say. Well, I'm yeah, not yeah. saying that because you're the host. I'm just saying it because it, it, it is. Right. You know, there you so. go. The last couple of weeks, we talked about John the Baptist, and I would really like to return to that because there's still so much more. But the more I started to study it, the more I wanted more time. So if we can just wait another week or so, I'd mm-hmm. like to return to that with what I would consider to be a better understanding of some of the passages. You good with that? I'm good with that. So what I thought I would we could do this hour is I know Rosie was talking about a specific verse in Scripture that kind of lit her up today. And I've had a verse this day that's kind of lit me up a little bit. I, David, I know you have one too. Maybe we can talk a little bit about that and also uh, try to get some prayer or praise requests from listeners. Love it. That'd be wonderful. Yeah. Kick us off. I'll let Rosie, because she's got something from Zephaniah. Do you have it handy? Zephaniah. I do. I actually wrote it out. It hit me. It was so strong when I read it this morning. It's the verse of the day from Faith Radio. Well, there you go. And sometimes you read those verses and you go, oh, beautiful verse. This one struck me so strongly that I wrote it out on a three by five to memorize it. That's impressive. And I called my husband and said, I really would love for you to memorize this verse with me. Okay, so here it is. The Lord your God is with you. Some translations say he is in the midst of you. He is a victorious warrior. He will exalt over you with joy. He will be quiet in his love. He will rejoice over you with shouts of joy. Wow. Shouts gonna, of joy. He's going to rejoice over us yeah. with shouts of with joy? shouts of joy. And so it caught me on the very first um, verse. It, the Lord your God is with you or in the midst of you. And, you know, we, we often are so, we might take it tritely, oh, God never leaves us. You know, but when you actually think the Lord of the universe, the King Mm -hmm. of all kings, is with you, he's in the midst of you, and who is he but a victorious warrior? Why do we worry? I mean, that was my first question was, oh my goodness, Lord, every time we worry, what an affront it must be to you, because you have defeated everything, and you are in my midst. Can I have chapter and verse again? Zephaniah 3.17. Okay. And this is the um, New American Standard Version, I think. I was looking it up in several versions because uh, the NIV is what Faith Radio sent us today, and it's slightly different. I'm going to try to pull it up here. I like that. That's mm -hmm. great. David, do you have any comments on that? Well, you know, it's fascinating during the time that Zephaniah is writing, excuse me, as a prophet, and he's writing during this period of 640 to 621 BC and ministering during the time of Josiah. And, you know, um, it's a period of where, you know, a reminder of the importance of young young leaders and the fact that someone had brought Josiah the word that had been neglected. And mm-hmm. it leads to this revival. But one really powerful thing about the book of Zephaniah is that its, its message is that a day is going to come when God is judge, will severely punish all nations— but afterwards he would show his mercy to the people. And the reality is, you know, you have this almighty God 
who is full of grace and full of love. And, and contrary to what people think in the Old Testament, that God's like the God of wrath mm-hmm. and the New Testament, he's the God of love. No, the fact that he sent prophets, you know, to warn and to speak a word and to encouragement so often showed his love and his mercy. And, um, you know, so when you come to this, this reminder that God who doesn't need to be in your midst, but is in your midst. And when the scripture talks about God being a flaming, a consuming fire, um, you know, that he, he's in our midst and he makes it possible for us to even exist there because if God really revealed who he really was, we disintegrate. Right. And so this covenant keeping God, cause it's all caps. So Yahweh, your God is in your midst, a mighty one who will save. And that he, like you said, that he rejoices over you with gladness. And I think this is important for people to hear today because sometimes even um, they think that God is just perpetually angry mm-hmm. and just having a tantrum. And like for people to understand that this almighty God really does love you. And one reason why he abhors sin is because sin is the very exact opposite of his nature, which is good and holy. And his love is within that holiness. So a God who desires the very best for you. And so you have a God who rejoices over you. You have a God um, that makes himself known. You have a God who wants to quiet you with and by his love. Even today as your heart feels anxious and racing in so many different ways. And so during a time where there was a neglect of the word and God speaks to Zephaniah to speak during the time of King Josiah, you know, it's an incredible reminder that God still lovingly reaches out and cares and calls us to himself. And his mercy is mm-hmm. beyond my comprehension. The, you know, the mercy of God to come and, and delight in us and to dwell within us now that Jesus has gone, you know, back to, to heaven. And so, that it, I can't comprehend that. And, and Psalms says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of understanding, right? It, the fear not being like, oh, I'm so afraid he's going to strike me with lightning, but really the comprehension of the Lord of the universe who hangs the moon in the sky is choosing to delight in us and to the reverence of that, I think is what struck me is that he's a mighty warrior. He saved me and yet he, he wants to dwell with us and not only dwell, but to sing joy Yeah, with shouts. Yeah. That whole exulting over you with loud singing. I mean, like, you know, Sometimes, you know, people will watch, like, say, The Voice or America's Got Talent, and you'll have someone who's singing. And just, you know, this amazing thing of when a person, like, when sometimes when people sing and then when they sang, like, when they, you know, it's like when they sing that song, Mm -hmm. like, you know, and there's something just, there's something very powerful. I mean, like, one of the transformative moments uh, that was really wild for people was the first time Whitney Houston sang the national anthem. Because before people had sang, oh, can say, and then like, girl got up and like belted that thing, and it and it was like, it brought a different flavor. And so like even so many songs that are written are songs that are written of love. And sometimes when we sing our hearts out to the Lord, that that part of just speaking some things, which is beautiful, mm-hmm. is like poetry and all those various things are beautiful. And then sometimes just singing, singing your heart out. So to have God saying, like, I'm going to exalt over you and I'm, I'm going to sing my heart out over you in a way, that's, that's, a different, that's just a different look, mm-hmm. different, different um, you know, 
meditation over a God that isn't just begrudgingly accepting you, but that really delights over you. Mm. This is the Monday Afternoon Mix with Pastor David Miles and Rosie B. We're looking at some selected verses today. Zephaniah chapter 3, verse 17. Again, I'll read it. The Lord your God is with you. The mighty warrior who saves, he will take delight in you. In his love, he will no longer rebuke you, but he will rejoice over you with singing. And I see this verse portraying God as not only a immensely powerful, but deeply loving God. Mm-hmm. What a combo that is. It is. And, and then the context of it all. You know, 18, I will gather those of you who mourn for the festival so that you no longer suffer reproach. Behold, at that time I will deal with all your oppressors, and I will save the lame and gather the outcasts, and I will change their shame into praise and renown in all the earth. At that time I will bring you in, at the time when I gather you together, for I will make you renowned in praise among all the peoples of the earth when I restore your fortunes before your eyes, says the Lord. I mean, like, God does actually care about, you know, it's not a swear word. He cares about oppression. Mm-hmm. God cares about justice. And one of the big things is that Romans 3, you know, when I think Martin Luther was asked if he could pick any book of the Bible, what would he pick? And he said, you know, the book of Romans, if he could pick any chapter, what would he pick? Chapter 3, and then what verses? And it was like 21 through um, verse 26. And the beautiful words of Romans 3 that so points to the gospel is besides the fact that all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God, But it goes on to say, and we are justified by his grace as a gift through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus, whom God put forward as a propitiation by his blood to be received by faith. This was to show God's righteousness. Mm -hmm. You remember, he made him who knew no sin to be sin for us in order that we might become the righteousness of God. We needed to be in a right standing, Mm -hmm. something that we are not capable of doing. And he says, because in his divine forbearance, he had passed over former sins. It was to show his righteousness at the present time. So that purpose clause that he might be just and the justifier of the one who has faith in Jesus. What that means is like, God doesn't just like blow past and say, oh, this little sin thing. We're just going to sweep this underneath the rug. He's like, no, I am just. And then He's like, I'm the justifier. So I will say sin is serious. The wages of sin is death. But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus. And Jesus says, and I will pay the penalty of Mm -hmm. justice, what justice demands. And so in Zephaniah, God's like, you know, I'm going to take care of your oppressors. And then he takes care of our biggest oppressor, which is sin Mm -hmm. and death. And so... And then the beautiful part that's not necessarily there in Zephaniah is that God rejoices over them and exults over them with singing. But what does is, what is Revelation 7-9 say? Those of us who've been redeemed and washed in the, blood, in the Lamb's blood, we come out and we are the ones who are singing. Mm. And we're exulting and we're rejoicing because this mighty God moves on our behalf. Well done, David Miles. That's some insight, isn't it? That some was so wisdom powerful. So, David, mix. you did not know what verse I p- picked. That's this just is, like no. the Holy Spirit just <laughs> working in you and tying it all together. 
This yeah. is off the top of his head. I know. I'm mm. really, really actually quite impressed. But I think the bigger part of it isn't like it's not anything cool, but it's God's word. And mm-hmm. so what is that? Today you're driving in your car and you're like, man, does God see me? Does he hear me? Does he know me? Yeah, God wants to have a right relationship with you. And like he pulled out all stops to make it possible. And so like, you know, as you're driving or as you're sitting or right now, maybe you're cleaning up with your or studying with your earphones on and where are you at? Like, do you know this God who wants to rejoice over you at singing? Do you know this God who not only talk the talk about wanting to rejoice over you, but he walked the walk through Gethsemane and all the way to Calvary. And he sang a song that said, it is finished. And Jesus paid it all. Like he paid it all for you. Do you know that God today? Such an invitation. It is so invitational. All right. Monday afternoon mix. Really off to a good start. Pastor David Miles, Rosie B. We're going to take a break. And when we return, a couple more selected verses one from me and one from David Miles, and we'll discuss. If you have a prayer request, we will have time at the end. If you've got something really, really tough right now, let us know if you can do it. Um, send it over, 877-933-2484. You can, of course, remain anonymous. Be right back. Start each week with a moment of reflection and prayer with the Faith Radio Prayer Devotional email. Sign up today at MyFaithRadio.com. Serious spring fever going on in the studio today for the Monday afternoon mix. The first day of spring, there's excitement in the studio. It My is. only request is everyone face towards the microphones. Because <laughs> we're looking out ask. the window. Instead of looking out the window. And, and I have my spring shirt on. Yeah, Rosie's got a spring outfit on. Yep. Wow. Perfect for the season. Spring is a beautiful thing. Yeah. All right, I've got a verse I'd like to share. It comes out of Romans chapter 5. It's verses 3, 4, and 5. I'll read it. And not only this, but we also celebrate in our tribulations, knowing that tribulation brings about perseverance, and perseverance, proven character, and proven character, hope. And hope does not disappoint, because the love of God has been poured out within our hearts through the Holy Spirit who is given to us. Love it. I love it. It's like a ladder. I think it's cool. And I know like you have some really um, hype things that just tell us about it. There's an interesting little part to that first clause at the beginning of three. My, my ESV says not only that, and yours said not only this. Mm-hmm. So what's the this or the that before it? And I think like we talked about this before coming into break. And it's verse one says, Therefore, since we've been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through him, we also have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand 
and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. And sometimes we feel like those next verses that are coming, that they don't they don't tend to like, you know, we might wrestle and make struggle with those. And I, I guess like Bill wanna come back and ask people like God's God's done a work to justify you in Christ. And are you at peace with God? Mm-hmm. So th- this is I'm saying for the persons like, you know, man, PDM, I've been you know, I've been trying to do this on my own. I've been trying to just be like super like religious and go to church and do all these very good things. And it's like before the not only that part is God wants you to be at peace with him. Mm-hmm. And and to to rejoice in a hope that only God can give, meaning what what we're about to text, talk about in these next verses, it doesn't just happen by human willpower. Right. So, th- so the invitation's still there again to trust in Jesus, that wherever you're at, you don't know what I've done. You're right. I don't know what you've done. God knows what you've done. And God is saying today, I want to be at peace with you, and I want to fill you with myself so that now as we dig into verses 3 through 5, that it's not you just trying to will it, but God wants to live this in and through us. Mm, that's so good. And and it reminds me of Romans 4.2. You know, don't we know by it's by his loving kindness that brings us into repentance? It's it's God drawing us into himself that we have acknowledgement of that we have need of him. Mm-hmm. Right? And then in that understanding, he builds these amazing things that through through suffering we produce perseverance through perseverance character through character hope right like all those are muscles that have to be worked and so to think that we're going to get there any other way than situationally is kind of crazy like we get these you know perseverance you you have something in your life that you need to press into for more than just a day more than just a prayer and as you do that he builds character in you and from that character you receive hope in the mm-hmm. God because you see him at work in you and you've literally changed. So I see hope as having that confidence and that everlasting security because of what Christ has done for us. Mm-hmm. And because of who he says he is. Exactly. So when I think of the trials and tribulations that I have in my life, I'm awfully glad that I've got not only peace with God, but I have access to the Father. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think like the the thought. Um, I think someone says if if you remove hope, that that many men will curse the day, or people would curse the day they were born because they're just like this whole idea of there not being a hope. And so, because there's hope in Christ who's overcome death, that even today the things that we don't see yet to come, both the good, the bad, and the ugly, and the wonderful. There's, there's a hope in Jesus that carries us through that, that carries us up to it, that sustains us in it and carries us through that. Um, Romans fifteen thirteen 13 uh, is what it reminded me of when you were saying that, uh, David, may the hope, may the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the spirit to other people, right? So, I mean, he, the word is so consistent. Mm-hmm. And that's why opening it up and understanding the word and even dwelling, Bill, you and I were talking about that earlier today. You were sitting in Esther just because you wanted Esther to soak into your cells of marinate. your body. Marinate in marinate. it. Marinate. Marinate so that you can really pull through all the lessons and everything God wants you to learn from Esther. Mm-hmm. 
I'm camping out in Nestor this year. Yeah. Gonna, oh, cool, man. Yeah, I probably read it 30 times already this year. Awesome. I'm just yeah. going to go over it and over it and over it. I'm Marinate. just going to keep asking God Percolate. to show me, show me, show me. Percolate like yeah. coffee. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, right? Bill, this this passage, these this verse 3 through 5, what was it about it besides the hope part that just like that resonated with you and struck you? I mean, like, it's a rich passage. Knowing that God is using a chisel to shape, to form, mm-hmm. to grow, to make me into the man he wants me to be. And that is not going to come without some pain and suffering. So I'm going to say to God, I may not like it, but you're in control. And you're going to produce mm-hmm. something in me. And I want to uh, have perseverance and proven character. And above all, I have hope. So having one of those tribulation days where there's started off with some good news and then it changed. So having one of those days. You know, it's kind of a weird, I don't know, paradox or an interesting thing is that I remember one of my mentors saying, you know, if you want to sit down and have you have me share about all my victories and stuff, it'll be a short conversation. But if you want me to tell you about my failures and the things that I've had to grow from and things like that, you know, I will, we, we can be here for a while. And, um, you know, one dear brother who's a very neat, godly businessman, he had told me that uh, in a successful business that he has and that he's just a steward in his life with the Lord, he was like, David, most of the things that we've learned in business, it, it happened through some, some really hard, difficult things, you know. And the person said even, you know, um, at one of, their, one of their plants, the death of a person and just what that had happened in that work environment. I mean, like, mm-hmm. and just saying, like, those very, I mean, like, when you think about it, it is the hard things where we where we learn, you know, that cotton candy's sweet, but, you know, there's something very substantive of having to, like, eat steak, you know, mm-hmm. and eat vegetables. And so, and so oftentimes we, we want just the sweet, but trees are strong not just because of sunshine, but because of hard winds and because of rains and storms. And as we learned before, when we, when we talked about this, about redwoods, that even though redwood trees, their roots are only five feet in the ground, six feet in the ground. I mean, they're hundreds of feet tall, but it's because of their interconnectivity to one another. So the reminder again, God did not made, made, mean for you to do this life by yourself. God mm-hmm. made mm-hmm. us to be in community with one another. David, would you be willing to pray uh, to encourage listeners today? Yeah. To give them maybe a a renewed hope. And if God is at work in their life right now, chiseling away at something, that they're going to understand that God has uh, a perfect plan in place for them. And also there is a prayer request that has come in for an impending divorce. Yeah, Heavenly Father, I want to thank you that because we've been justified by faith, we have peace with you. And um, all the various things in life that we have, sometimes there's just a concern of death, you know, death of a relationship, death of a career, death of a dream, death of sometimes functional health, um, just a number of different things that deal with the end or the truncating towards the end of something which seems like death. And and man's greatest concern is physical and even spiritual death. And we thank you that you're such a great God that you've 
you've conquered and addressed the most major issue. Uh, and you didn't send a proxy, you sent yourself. So today I pray um, for a hope in you that leads to your glory, that you would allow us to be able to rejoice in suffering and knowing that you are not done with us and that the song we sing about you being a good, good father and that we are loved by you is true and that you would have your way and your work in our heart and help us to say, yes, Lord. Not always always easy to say, yes, Lord, but again, our model, Jesus said, Father, let this cup pass, but if not, thy will. You know, your will be done, and he said, your will be done in my life. So help us to say that to you, Jesus, and help us to say that for the glory of your great name. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. And I want to pray a prayer of protection for Pastor Jim from Rhode Island. Lord, I just ask that you would be covering him today with your protective, loving arms. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Rosie B. and David Miles for the Monday afternoon mix. Always great to be together. It's so much fun. I feel the mix. The mix happened today. I do. Yeah. When we return after a short break, we're going to have an hour with Dr. Mark Muska. Ask the professor. I already have questions coming in, so it's fantastic. It's making my job easy today, so send them over, 877-933-2484. We'll be right back. That was nice. Thanks for listening. Programming like this is made available through your support. Information available at MyFaithRadio.com.